Hello everyone and thank you all for joining me on this, the first Corona Diaries podcast. Each week we'll be adding a new diary entry, chatting with business owners and experts from various industries. We're going to be talking to them about how they managed to get through the coronavirus pandemic during the first month and what other businesses should be doing moving forward. This week we're joined by Tom Russ of Design Cuts, an online platform with half a million members which they offer the best and most affordable design resources out there. Tom has had a fantastic career in the design industry and is a multi-talented entrepreneur who has managed to create and grow a seven-figure business and his own podcast series with over a million and a half downloads. His knowledge and insight to the creative world is beyond valuable and it's such a pleasure having him on the podcast. Please enjoy. So, um, okay, thank you very much for joining me today, Tom. I really do appreciate your time. Um, For those listeners out there and those people watching, do you mind just giving a little bit of a background information on uh, who you are, your journey to where you are now, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, a huge thank you, Adam, for having me on. I, I do really appreciate it. And it's good to chat with you today. Um, I've been a long time entrepreneur and creative. So I'm about to turn 32. And for the last 20 years, since I was 12 years old, I've just loved immersing myself in design, in creating and also building online businesses and learning marketing. So it's something I've already always done. I've had all kinds of ventures over the years, all kinds of websites and partnerships and, and startups and blogs and social media content, all of these things. Um, but for the last seven years, I've been running my company, Design Cuts, which is the most curated and high quality marketplace in the world for designers. And alongside that, we've got a, a fairly popular podcast. We've got live events and hangouts that we do, an incredible community, a great team that we've grown up. And, and so that's kind of, you know, my baby. I absolutely love it. And alongside that, I'm such a marketing geek that via my personal brand, um, I mentor and help thousands of creatives just to get more confident in their marketing. Fantastic. Would you say uh, in your journey at all, you've had... Um, something that we're going to touch upon is um, pivoting. You've had to sort of pivot around in different aspects of marketing and design and creativity and things like that. Has your journey been sort of bouncing across a bit more? Has it been a, a similar sort of straight line and you roughly know the direction you wanted to go or has it been quite varied? I don't really know anyone that's had a straight line. I don't think it's that easy. <laughs> so no, no. yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of adjusting and pivoting and tasting and, and trying things and figuring out what I like and mm. um, you know I, I had a freelance career for years um, as I say I, I did blogging I ran quite a successful photoshop blog I ran membership sites I I've, I've tried so many things I I was even an editor for a design book um, <laughs> at one point um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a journey, to be honest. I, I did things like photo manipulation for years and photo retouching. Um, so, so I really have bounced around. And, you know, it's nice now to be totally focused on my business. Yeah. But certainly get, getting there, you know, was trying all these different things. And whenever I talk about niching, I think people presume it's kind of naught to 60 thing mm-hmm. where they have to figure it out overnight. And it's not, it's just by pivoting and by trying to niche down or find clarity or direction, you're getting one step closer. So it's not about getting it perfect overnight. You kind of have to realize that's impossible. It's just about proactively trying to make yourself happier, more fulfilled, you know, move towards where there's more market demand and all things of that nature, which we can get Mm -hmm. into today. Do you think there's some sort of element of almost like um, concern or fear by when niching down, you're almost removing parts of who you are and parts of your business, essentially, you feel like you might be losing aspects of it 
and then you've perhaps not discovered that you don't necessarily need those aspects anyway to continue. It's a very common objection. I've done a, a bunch of different podcasts and pieces of content myself with people discussing niching, and that's probably the most common objection because invariably creative people have all types of interests, but yeah. so do I. So do the most successful people, most of whom have niched. And so it's not about shutting those bits off, but it's about being clear in your value proposition with whatever it is you're doing. Like I've got all kinds of hobbies, Adam. I, you know, I play guitar when I'm not on lockdown in a pandemic. I used to play golf and, <laughs> you know, film and music and, and mm. all these different things I'm really into, but it doesn't mean that my Instagram feed, for example, should be me playing guitar at home and then me out drinking with my friends and, doing all these different things i'm very yeah. comfortable there to niche down and be focused so people expect and know what they're going to get from me and they're more likely to follow that journey um i think bouncing around being a bit muddled can actually be very ironically constraining um mm. very limiting and when you actually encourage people to kind of stick within their lane a bit more i'm consistently amazed at how much they actually enjoy it how many new ideas come to them and they don't feel limited at all because they've suddenly got all these fantastic ideas bubbling, bubbling up, they're finding more traction than they did before. They're connecting with their audience on a deep level. So ironically, you can be more creative actually by doing less and then you yes. can still do your hobbies and explore your other interests in your own time, perhaps out of that core business. I mean, one of the things I wanted to touch upon um, was your Instagram itself. I, uh, for myself, I spent this last month really focusing on my Instagram growth. I, I, I almost, in a similar sense to what you mentioned, I was just putting up posts of all my interests, a bit of work I did here and there. There was no structure. There's no actual feed of saying, this is what I do. Here's work I've done. Here's my passions. Here's some advice and things like that. I've been focusing the last month to really try and build that. Essentially. And one of the things that's um, sort of intrigued me and especially sort of captivated me in the first place, I, I was following you a while back essentially that you've got such high growth on Instagram, you've got such a large following, essentially. Did you find a way of that sort of becoming easier or was it sort of you were stumbling around and eventually just it sort of clicked for you and you found the moment that led you to build that growth? Because one of the things that a lot of people and individuals I've spoken to, especially sort of local businesses and things like that, they'll be hanging around the few hundred or the couple of thousand mark and they're not really sort of building that growth. They want to sort of really get a wider audience to show what they're able to offer people, especially in this sort of restricted time, essentially, to let people know, like, we are here, we can do stuff, we can provide services, essentially, but they're not just getting out there because they're not really sure about how to, essentially. Did you find a special moment which gave you that answer or that solution, as it were, or was it just all organic? It was all organic, um, but there's definitely some things you can and should be doing. Mm. Um, so let me try and um, remember the three, because I'm, I'm running on fumes a bit today, by the way, Adam. I've been sleeping super badly. I don't know if you have as well. I have. I've got like, bags under my eyes. I, I have about I keep three working. hours today. <laughs> oh, me too. I, I keep working really late because I yes, can't turn yeah. my brain off at night um, and maybe a bit of anxiety, and then I sleep badly. So I'm just kind of perpetual zombie at the minute um but anyway with instagram growth i think the main things you need to focus on are producing credible content easier said than done but when i started putting more effort in funny enough my growth really accelerated so i used yeah. to just throw together a you know any old thing and it was kind of good advice but i didn't put that much thought into it when i actually started thinking about it and listening to my audience more and thinking about how to really deeply help them and making my posts look better and things of that nature then um, I started seeing more growth. 
alongside that, you need to think about distribution very much so. And that's how do you get your stuff in front of wider audiences. Mm. And so I would go live with friends that had big audiences and hack at that and try and get in front of their audience that way. I would yeah. do collaborations. Um, I'm currently really pushing on guest posts because my growth has been a little bit slower lately. And so I mm-hmm. kind of need to jumpstart it again. So I've just secured 10 guest posts with 10 of the biggest names in our space. Um, so I predict I'm going to get enormous reach and hopefully you know, a bunch of new fans via that process sure um get getting on podcasts like this one it's all about Mm. getting in front of people who might not have known about you before yeah and then the final thing is just the hand-to-hand combat of one-to-one interactions and this is one of the most controllable things that you can do to grow your instagram or indeed any social channel it's just going to have hundreds and thousands of conversations all the time in the comments and the dms and start mm. getting seen in your community. Because if you're a hermit that lives in this private bubble, your growth is not really going to happen that organically. Yeah. But if suddenly everyone is seeing your name pop up everywhere, and I can think of several people who are nailing this much, much better than I'm able to because of the time constraints of running my business. Mm. But I, you know, I've gone anyone's post and in the comment section, there they are. And yeah. I know they're also very prolific in the DMs and building relationships. And so it, it bugs me when people say, oh, I'm getting no followers and no one cares. And um, it's like, well, go and have 20 conversations with 20 people who are in your space and clearly interested in the type of thing you do and then watch the growth happen. And not only that, but it's going to be really, really healthy, really organic growth um, because they're the exact type of people that you'd like following you. You're building a warm relationship from the, you know, the word go it's and, and it's so in, in your control you know if you can do it with 20 you can do it with 50 it's just about allocating the work and the time um but the reason i listed those in that order is there's no good having those conversations and getting the distribution if your page sucks yeah and so you really really need to make sure your content is super relevant for the audience you're trying to reach and super valuable and high quality um and i i really can't stress that enough otherwise it's you know flogging a dead horse um essentially True, true. I mean, it's one thing that um, it took me a while to sort of learn, and I'm, I'm very, I'm really early stages, but I'm, I'm really just starting to see it now, is reviewing the content I'm putting out, essentially, looking back at the posts, looking back at the data, and seeing, okay, that's just not going well. I, I've noticed, and you're probably aware of this as well, things where I'm being honest, talking about my journey, things where I give advice, essentially, tips and tricks, essentially, and being able to show results, those are far better than anything else, rather than just a random article, me suggesting something, essentially. I find those are being more engaging oh, for myself. You probably heard me rant about this quite a bit, but I really hate when just vague generic advice is regurgitated without context because mm. you can tell the person hasn't actually lived it and experienced it, and I think that yeah. can be dangerous. Um, and it's something we can all do. It doesn't matter what stage we're at. I love that, you know, what you just described. I'm doing something similar right now. I'm posting every day on LinkedIn because... Mm. I know in principle it makes sense. I know there's a huge amount of organic reach on that platform. I know there's a lot of potential. I wanted to stop talking about it and thinking about it and go do it. So I'm currently uh, 15 days in. And when I've done the 30 days, I can then do a post saying, I posted on LinkedIn for 30 days and here's exactly what happened. No fluff, here's the actual numbers. Was it worth it or wasn't it worth it? That content is interesting because it's Mm. real. And it's not something you see everywhere else. It's my experiment and it's my results and it will be the same for you. Do you think 
some people often, uh, I mean, it, it's so easy to come up with restraints and reasons against and not doing things. I mean, I've heard one, uh, I saw, actually, not heard, I saw one comment saying, there's so many people doing what I already do. What's the point, essentially? <laughs> I sent them a private DM and went, yeah, but it's your own journey and your own insight, essentially. I mean, I, I'm constantly, whenever uh, someone, especially on Instagram, is going to an Instagram Live, I'm asking a million questions, even if they're idiotic questions and everyone else in the room knows the answer, I'm still going to ask them to just get the answers myself and to, and to grow, essentially. There's people out there where I think they're concerned and thinking, oh, there's people who are far better at that, or there's already a well-established business, why should I bother? Have you got any sort of mm. advice that you might be able to give people in regards to like, might have those sort of projections or those sort of, that sort of mindset essentially? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a limiting belief. Um, it's quite rare that you're going to find a market that doesn't exist. And if you do, it's inherently more risky because you're kind of going on a punt, whether there is indeed a market demand there. Maybe you've stumbled across a genius idea that everyone's going to want and you're the first one to actually execute that. But it's perhaps quite unlikely. So yeah. I don't think it's bad at all if there's existing players in the space. The same thing happened with my business. I looked at a market, it was already being served by a bunch of people, but I didn't think they were doing a great job. So mm. we came along and we did it better. And then we got an enormous amount of market share. Um, you know, that's a good strategy. If you see that it is being served, but not well, come along and innovate and do it better. Yeah. Or um, come along and if it's being served and it's being served pretty well, look at how to differentiate within that space. I think there's always a room for innovation and uniqueness and being better and being different. Um, what you don't want to do is come along and just be a carbon copy or a watered down worse version of someone that's already doing a great job in that space. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've had an array of people over the years um, come and work alongside you. Essentially people signed up to learn from you essentially. What sort of um, individuals approach you looking for help and looking for assistance and looking for guidance? Is it a large variety or is it a certain niche? I mean, you help creatives essentially, but is it a specific type of creatives or is it quite varied? Um, it's quite varied, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of people that do client services in all kinds of sectors. There's a lot of people that are building their own communities and brands, people in the hand lettering space and the illustration space um, and, and branding space. And um, yeah, I really, I enjoy the variety. And to be honest, I niched because I realized that was going to help me and a lot of my audience were already creatives. But I, I love helping entrepreneurs of all different mm. varieties. You know, I've coached tennis coaches and um, even <laughs> I've even coached some like Instagram uh, makeup artists and, and all oh, these wow. random spaces. I enjoy it. Um, and a lot of the lessons are actually pretty transferable and ubiquitous. It's just yeah. that my chosen niche is creative. So that's the majority of people that I deal with. So some of the people that you've worked with before, um, they've got businesses which perhaps aren't... Um, able to necessarily um, be on uh, digital media. They're, they're transitioning now, essentially. Is there any sort of advice you can give people that are looking to transition their business more onto social media and more into online platforms, essentially? You mean particularly during the pandemic? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, it's something that I, I realized for myself that I, I needed to have in the background. This has now forced my hand, which I'm really pleased about, essentially, because it's, it's someone who I did um, a podcast and came to one of my... Uh, events it was talking about how he wanted to essentially have business running 24 7 no matter what time it is in the world and so that's online does that for him 
And he yeah. said, that's the goal, essentially. And I said, well, that's great. I need to do that as well. It's been back in my mindset. Now I'm actually focusing my attention onto online, looking to try and generate um, those connections and leads, essentially. And now a lot of other people are moving in that direction as well. And I was wondering if you've got any advice for them. Do it and do it as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, and don't try and get out of the mindset of it's impossible for my business. Because I think not every business, but a huge amount, it is definitely possible. And I've really, really enjoyed seeing people innovate and mm. do so very rapidly. Obviously, their hand has been forced, as you say, but I think it speaks to people's entrepreneurial talents when they're able to do that and do it rapidly. So um, I've seen it with people big and small and not just in the creative space. We've got a local coffee shop that has become takeaway only um, but also started stocking groceries and, okay. uh, you know, fruit and veg and things of that nature because people were struggling to order online from the big supermarkets uh, and there were huge, enormous queues for the supermarkets and people mm. were scared to go and walk around there. So they're taking orders on the phone and leaving a box outside for you that you come and collect that's been disinfected. Very rapid pivot. My personal trainer has started doing online sessions um, yes, where yeah. he coaches people through and they're working out in their garden. I work with people, illustrators who have started selling prints and posting them. Uh, more and more people who are launching online courses. We pivoted in my company. We were already digital, but to try and, you know, help people at home at scale, we started doing more live events. And there's people who actually do in-person conferences who now um, are doing digital conferences and we've seen this on an individual level but also huge companies like Adobe are now doing regular um, live events and online conferences yes. yeah um, they are yeah there's um, my friend Ryan um, is doing front row which is a big online conference like I say we're doing them at, at design cuts as well one of my coaching students Vanessa was doing in-person workshops that was really really taking off mm -hmm. for her um, and then overnight, suddenly pandemic hits. Um, she can't do the workshops in person anymore. Um, her flatmate has to move out. She's stuck with the rent. Her husband's out of a job. You know, really, really tough times, right? She pivoted in the space of about a week to start offering online workshops where she posted the calligraphy uh, supplies to her students yeah. in the mail. And she's doing better than she's ever done before. So wow, there, there, there's yeah. endless examples, right? You know, it, it's just about being creative and thinking outside the box. And it, it makes my heart very happy when I see people doing that. Same here. And I, when I hear a story like that, that's just absolutely, absolutely fantastic. That really is. I mean, I did a podcast with an individual that's got an online um, food service, just frozen uh, vegan ready meals, essentially. And he did a similar thing in regards to providing groceries alongside that as well. It's that ability just to go, okay, I can do this. I've got the facilities. Let's give it a try. And his business has just taken off, taken off even further than it already was, essentially. It's, it's really inspiring yeah. having those sort of stories come up because we, we get such bombardment from the news and the negativity and the numbers and things like that as well, which is, which is there. And it's, and it's a sad thing to take away. I'm wondering, one of the things I wanted to sort of talk to you about, do you think there's any sort of, apart from people being able to move on to online, is there anything perhaps now or maybe even future thinking retrospectively that be of benefit from COVID-19? Because it's literally changing the world, the way the world works at the moment. Can you think of anything that is going to be sort of beneficial from this whole ordeal? In terms of business or in general? 
in terms of business and in perhaps in terms of general uh, in, in your thoughts on both perhaps um well first of all suffice to say you know i've got enormous empathy for for everyone that's struggling mm. so i always try and skew positive and find a silver lining but whatever way you look at it it's horrendous i've yeah. you know got close friends who've lost close family members mm. um our team thankfully uh everyone's recovered but we've had people on our team that have had it really badly oh, it's, yeah. it's scary times you know families who are locked away and and so like i said it's completely horrendous but if we're trying to look at positives that are happening during all of this and i think that is very important to do um the environment is a big one you know that's been widely documented um how huge parts of the earth are actually recovering and the sky isn't just being destroyed by planes constantly and all all this kind of thing Mm. i think people are being kinder in general i think people are talking more so i'm actually talking to my family and friends more than before this um if you're stuck at home with a a partner or a spouse um that's been a real gift for me getting to spend precious time with my fiance because normally you know there's very small windows around being in the office all day and so on constantly working Um, things yeah exactly um so i I actually did a post on this the other day where i think it was like 28 positives that i Mm. can find from it and um big and small there's there definitely are things out there I think in terms of business, it, it will transform things for the very long term, even yeah. once we come out the other side of this. So I do think remote work is going to remain a big thing. I think more co- companies might pivot. Um, I think offices are going to be one of the last things to actually return to normal. Oh, so really? Yeah. School, yeah, I think schools will go back sooner. Certain businesses will start up, but just that kind of general working office will be one of the last things. They've already um, talked about that, the government. Mm. And so we've already said to our team, you know, we're going to be remote for the foreseeable. Um, yeah. And I think for a lot of businesses, you know, we've got pretty big overheads when it comes to our office. And I think increasingly businesses will start looking and thinking, why is that actually a necessary cost? Because we've been forced to adapt to work remotely and maybe that becomes a new way of life for a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be such a shock for the first year or two, but it's going to be the new norm before we even begin to realize, essentially. It's going to be one of those things that are talked about almost in old family stories, essentially. <laughs> Talking to our kids about, oh, remember when that crazy thing happened and that's when that happened, essentially. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a valuable part of our history, I think. Yeah, I think undoubtedly. And um, just on the business point, I know I talked about ways to pivot. Um, I didn't touch on client services. And mm. I've been putting out some content around this recently. I think one of the biggest things you need to do if you're trying to land clients, design clients, anything like that, is actually try and bring your services and your value to the people that are not struggling and okay. that have mm. money and are actually doing well. Mm. Because there's a lot of sectors that are actually really flourishing right now. And they do need help and they need, you know, the value that you can offer. If you're going after the people who are laying off staff left, right and center and their sector is completely destroyed by this. Um, I've got a coaching student who was just setting up a whole client services business to target the hospitality sector. Yeah. Funny enough, he's pivoted pretty rapidly to go and target a sector that's booming because hospitality mm. is on its knees right now. So um, if, you, if you offer client services, the services and the skills you have, uh, you should be able to actually just adjust the market that you're serving with yeah. those skills very rapidly. Don't try and 
you know target the people that don't have money to spend that's a immoral thing to do anyway if they're already mm. struggling you shouldn't be trying to sell 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 to them but there's nothing wrong with selling to the people that do need and want your services where you can actually help them fantastic that's a note that i'm going to take down for myself as well i think i'll be <laughs> looking more especially at the potential leads about who i could be looking at to uh, working on in regards to that um John, if, if you google say... it literally the stats by the way adam like there are stats of the um the sectors which have yes. hit the worst and that are doing the best so just go through that top 10 that are doing the best and be like hmm, which one of those is a good fit for me a friend of mine in marketing um mentioned as well about it he sent me a link actually which shows all the um all the different sort of industries which are really sort of um booming and sort of ones compared to ones that are like you say on its knees at the moment um tom i, I know we're a bit pushed for time but i wanted to say thank you very much for joining me um today i really do appreciate your time um just out of interest um are you able to just reel off ways that people can get in contact with you i know that i'm going to be looking more and i'm, I'm definitely wanting to speak to you about potential services in the future for my own benefit but what methods can people get in contact with you by well, first of all, again, huge thank you for having me. Um, it was actually a really fun chat. Um, the best places to find me are at my website, which is tomross.co, where you can grab my extensive free guide on niching, um, which has been super popular with thousands of creatives. You can follow me on Instagram at tomrossmedia. Ignore that alarm. That's my next call. Apologies. <laughs> um, and uh, if you're you know, listening to this, there's a good chance you are a podcast lover. And I highly recommend checking out BizBuds, the podcast I do with Mike Janda. It's the most actionable business marketing content for creatives that I've ever put out. Um, so I recommend checking that out. Fantastic. Yes, I'm going to add that one to my list as well. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Again, Tom, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Good to meet you, man. Cheers. Thank you. If you could just, perfect. <laughs> I just, I want to say thank you again, man. That's that's great. I'm just always looking forward to.